I'm Matthew. And this week we are talking about Season 7, Episode 22, From Queer to Eternity. We're so close to the end of the season, guys. We are. What are we going to do? Take a break. What yeah, we're definitely that? taking a break. Um, Somehow it's not any less of a time commitment now that we're in our apartment all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, I still have stuff to do all day. All day, every day. Yeah. All day, every fucking day. Never ends. <laughs> we're loving being in our apartment full time. How's your quarantine going, Missouri? Tell us how you're enjoying Will and Grace in this time of quarantine. This time of quarantine and stay home orders and who would have thought that we'd cover so many current events on this podcast i mean important current events people are gonna study in history books yes i can't wait until this podcast is part of a historical like archive hey you never know yeah it's gonna be good it's gonna be great all right friends let's get into the episode description which i will read now so from queer to eternity Grace's near-death experience prompts her to write her will and jolts Will into making life-altering career choices. That's only one plot line. Why do they use us? They do this all the time, and I don't know why. Well, let's talk about the other plot first. Yes, that, that should go first. Basically, this week, we see Jack. Let, let's start from the beginning. We see all of the gang at some kind of store. It's kind of like a Barney's-esque, like, you know, it's it's the store they always use. Mm-hmm. It's it's this store. It's the only store. They're <laughs> at the only store in New York, and Grace is looking for some jeans. And while they're there, Jack runs into a former acting student of his. Mm-hmm. Her name, I believe, is Joanne. I don't think her name matters. It doesn't really Jack matter. certainly barely knows what it is. Yes. She's um, got the boobies, not the eight-pack. And we learn that Jack's old acting class in which he was teaching the McFarland method, which, for those of you who maybe don't remember, is essentially um, be hot. I believe the term is acting is attracting, Tess. Yes, but it's be hot. It's be um, hot. Be hot. Um, apparently someone else is teaching the McFarland method now. Which is actually kind of like a fun idea. Like, I love the idea that this guy just like came in and just stole the class from Jack and he had no idea. For a little bit of context, we learned that Jack like cashed all the checks for six months worth of classes for his whole class and then just stopped showing up one day. Uh-huh. Um, which, fair. I, too, have commitment issues and an interest in theft. Well, it's, it's in keeping with a show where, like, stuff like that happens where, like, for a couple episodes, Will and Grace is really invested in Jack as a teacher of acting. And then they're like, now he works at Out TV. But yeah, so um, Jack goes to confront this Wendell person who's teaching his, his class now to be like, you've stolen the McFarland method. How, how dare you? And then like, yeah, he, he like plots to get it back. I, yeah, it's a whole thing. He does. He gets it back at the end. And now he doesn't want it. Tess didn't care for this plot line as much as I did. Can you tell? <laughs> why don't you say why you liked it? Okay, well, okay, so here's why I liked it. There's a couple things. One is that I love bad Jack. As I call him, sometimes Jack is like, like misbehaving is the wrong word. Like just like genuinely like a devious like scrounger for cash, like making a quick buck off other people. So I love to see him like having cash the check for all of his acting students, and then like trying to steal this thing back from his um from the guy who stole it. I don't know what the word for that would be. His successor, I yeah, guess. His kind of successor. And like sort of lightly 
sexually objectifying all of his students. Like, not great, but, like, it works as a package. Yes. And the other thing I loved is just, like, the... Chemistry is the wrong word, but, like, the... The guy who takes over the class is, like, the anti-Jack because he's, like, an older man and he's straight. But, like, they're on the same level, exactly the same person. They're both, like, con men. Yeah, exactly. Who just want to be actors. Yeah. Like, he ends up abandoning the class because Karen gets him a part in the traveling production of Stomp. Yeah, which is just a whole thing. Real talk, I did not realize that Stomp would be considered, like, acting. Oh, yeah. I genuinely kind of thought that it was, like, just, like, a musical thing. Well, you think about it, I mean, like... From a Broadway standpoint, many actors' skill sets involve a lot of dance work because that's how you like get your foot in the door. Yeah, so I guess. stomp is really just dancing, but with instruments. Yeah, I guess that's a, that's a good point. This is also why I was never going to make it as a Broadway actor because mm-hmm. I can't fucking dance. I could learn to dance. Oh, well, I have a lot of time on my hands now. You hate acting. Yeah, the acting's not as fun. Dancing. Yeah, I would have if I had if I had started dancing when I was a lot younger, I totally could have been a good dancer. Mm-hmm. Knees probably would have gone out though. Mm-hmm. Definitely a tragic story a lot sooner. Yeah, you would have blown out your knee at like twenty two or something. Yeah. And then I'd have to have a real career. So this worked out great, actually. Mm-hmm. This is fine. Wow. Okay. That so was a whole journey we took together. It was. That was a lot. There's a lot to unpack there. Um let me tell you why I didn't like this. I'm just getting real fucking tired of this show being like, Jack's an actor again! Sort of! Kind of! Yeah. Just kidding! Like, the show just can't quite seem to make up their mind about what they want Jack to do. And, like, while I was very in keeping with his character, because he's very flighty and, like, determined by whims, mm-hmm. like, they finally, like, gave him a thing that he's actually good at. And, of course, he's like, no, but I want to be an acting teacher again. And then he gets it back and he's immediately like, Wow, it isn't even one class, and I hate this. Like, yeah, like I guess yeah. I feel like there's there's a weird balance the show takes. So like in the early seasons, Jack is only an actor, and like in these later seasons, now it's like Jack is an actor or he's something completely different. And he's not doing any acting. Yep. And then like in the revival, I feel like they have struck a more probably realistic balance where Jack is just kind of always acting and always doing other stuff. Yes. He's sort of always acting, always kind of teaching that acting class at, like, the Y or whatever. He owns a bar now. He owns a bar now. Queers! But, like, none of those things, like, subsume his acting career. Like, he's still an actor. Yeah. Which is probably a more... It's probably the best. It's the best of both worlds. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, I just think about, like... I mean, granted, we lived in Milwaukee, so this was very much the regional theater. But most of the actors that you and I knew in our lives, like, had day jobs. Mm -hmm. Because they couldn't pay the bills by acting. Right. So... That isn't that weird for an actor to also have other jobs. But you're right that it is weird that the show keeps, in the later seasons now, doing this, like, hard, he's not an actor because he's an out-TV executive. And, like, to be fair, that's definitely a job where you couldn't be an actor. Mm -hmm. But Conflict of interest. That, too. But, like, and also the time commitment. Like, you're an exec, you don't have time to do acting. But... Also, I don't think they actually do any work at OutTV. They just make things porn. Um, but, you know, like... It's hard work. It's, it's sort of frustrating that the show kind of keeps black and whiting with this. Uh-huh. And, like, okay, so he's an exec, so obviously he wouldn't have time to do this. So then how did he have time to do it for that day? Did he just, like, call out sick from work? Like, he probably did, though. Did he have to fill out a form to use the phone to call out sick from work? Like, I don't understand. There is definitely the sense at OutTV that every time we see it that the company is increasingly starting to treat Jack like an exotic pet where they're like oh well we just have 
Jack in an office, and he doesn't do anything, but it's kind of nice to stop by. You know, like, he's fun at the orgies. You know, it's good for your mental health to spend an hour with Jack. Mm. Like, He likes to be patted. Yeah, give him a little head pat. Sometimes he starts to hump you, but you know how yeah, it is. Yeah, it's just kind of like any, any sort of pet that you might have. <laughs> they get excited sometimes. They don't know what to do with themselves. Yeah. But yeah, so that, that's, that's my feelings on this plot. I'm sort of like, mm, okay. Well, and even in the end of the plot line, like, it doesn't resolve with Jack deciding to be an actor. It resolves with Jack, like, deciding not to be an acting teacher. It's sort of resolved with Jack resolving to get more attention. Like, yeah. it's, like, he's like, I just miss being in the spotlight, like. Yeah, and, like, that, that is really what it is. You're, you're absolutely right. He loves being the center of attention, and he's not at OutTV. No. Which is the real reason it won't work, not because he really wants to be an actor. Mm-hmm. Um. That's that. That's that. All right. Let's talk about the other half of this plot this week. Yeah. This was a really random plot, but it was surprisingly sweet as it developed. Yeah. So the long and short of it is when we we start at the the store with the jeans. Mm -hmm. Grace is trying to find a pair of boot cut jeans because apparently she hates herself. Sure. Boot cut jeans are heinous. They were very popular for the time, though. They're heinous. I'm sorry. There's no excuse for boot cut jeans. I want it stated for the record that I'm anti-bootcut jeans. This episode is sponsored by bootcut jeans. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck bootcut jeans. This episode is sponsored by skinny jeans and skinny jeans only. Um, so, in attempting to get the jeans, she decides to climb up on a display because we all make mistakes. Sure. The display falls, she almost dies, and then Grace decides later in the episode that she needs to update her will, mm-hmm. or rather... Create a will. Create a will, yeah. She needs to have a will because she almost died trying to get jeans. Yeah. Ugly, ugly jeans. Now, if I almost died trying to get ugly jeans, I would probably say, I think I need to go to therapy. But Grace instead is like, I think I need a will because I'm going to keep making this mistake over and over again. Well, she already did the therapy a couple of episodes back. That's true. Apparently was told that she's fine, so. So she's going to take that and run with it. Yeah. Okay, so Grace doesn't go to therapy. and She just goes to Will's office to get a will made. Yes, and so as they're figuring out what she should put in her will, she's trying to decide what she should leave to Will. Mm-hmm. Writing a will with Will is kind of a mouthful. Yeah, and, and this is actually a point of order that I should have talked to you about off mic, but I didn't understand about the episode. So Grace wants to know how much Will left her in his will. Is that so she can leave more than him because she's better than him or less than him because she's a cheapskate? I think it's more so that she has a rough estimate so that she can decide if she wants to leave more or be a cheapskate. Oh, so the option is still open. Yes. I think that most likely she would opt to be a cheapskate. Sure. Because it sounded like at the beginning of the episode she was kind of saying like, I don't want to leave less than you. But at the end of the episode, she was like, oh, good, I can definitely leave less than you. Yes, but I think she wanted to have, a, like, a, a ballpark mm-hmm. so that she could better decide right. what to leave. Also, just genuinely weird that these two single Manhattanites are not just planning on leaving everything to their platonic life partner anyways. Yep. Like, why would there be an amount? Like, why wouldn't you just say, like, all Everything. of my stuff goes to that person? Yep. But Whatever. Whatever. Anyways, point being, Will gets really cagey about mm-hmm. how much he's leaving Grace. And we get a throwaway line about how the only person, the only person who's looked at his will is his mom. Because she proofread it. Because, mm-hmm. oh, could you imagine having a will full of typos? <laughs> I'd die. Again. 
He's totally right, though. I'd be mortified. I also would be mortified. Um, Dead, but mortified. Yeah. But, so, then Grace, in classic Grace fashion, goes and gets Blythe Danner drunk. So <laughs> great. She can get the number out of her. I wish we had more Blythe Danner in this episode, as I always do. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was nice to see her. It was good to see her. Um, she's really into that show Desperate Housewives mm-hmm. this episode. Um, you play a drinking game. Where you take a shot every five minutes. Sometimes your friends aren't even there. <laughs> Sometimes the TV's not even on. Yep. <laughs> it's good times. Okay. Good times. Good luck, Marilyn. Good All your endeavors. God bless. God bless Marilyn. <laughs> um, Marilyn Truman, a true American hero. I bet she would never wear bootcut jeans. She never would. She's better than that. She is better than that. <laughs> um... So we get the number out of her, and it's fourteen hundred dollars, which is low. That's a pretty low. Amount. That's low. I would hope that even you would leave me more than fourteen hundred dollars. We can talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> but so Grace is pretty offended. Will is a wealthy guy. He's not like leaving her a lot, and mm-hmm. Will has not updated his will in fifteen years. So when he wrote it, all he had to his name was fourteen hundred dollars. So he's leaving everything to Grace, mm-hmm. which is very sweet. Yeah, when you know that. But, but like, before that, Grace is like, you're only leaving me $1,400, you selfish prick. Yeah, without the context, it does seem kind of like a dick move. Yeah. Um, but, like, very sweet in the moment when he, like, they're, like, out in the street and, like, he sits her down and, like, tells her the truth and she's like, oh. Yeah. It's sad. It's a really sad but affirming friendship moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and we then we kind of get a little bit of, like, insight into why Will hasn't been updating his will. Um, he just feels very, like, unaccomplished and, like, not up to the standard that he had, like, imagined for himself when he wrote his first will. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a relatable feel, I think, as though Matthew's in his 30s now, and I'm... I'm just starting my 30s, guys. in them. And I'm rapidly approaching them, assuming uh-huh. coronavirus doesn't wipe us all out. Oh, God. <laughs> coronavirus, don't take us until we finish recording season eight, please. <laughs> After that, fair game. After that, we're good. We did the entire original series. Our legacy is complete. Yeah. Legacy. But I'd be mortified. Legacy. I'd be mortified to die before then. <laughs> it would just be embarrassing. Yeah. Um, but, so, yeah. It, it, we kind of have this, like, real moment of, like, am I accomplishing what I thought I would accomplish by this mm-hmm. point in my life? Am I the person I want to be? Um, Yeah. I thought this was genuinely nice for a lot of reasons. Mm-hmm. One is that the show is just bad at having real emotional moments, so it was yeah. nice to have one. Um, but I thought when he started talking that it was going to be about his lack of a relationship, and he didn't actually mention that at all, which yeah. I thought was... That, that was growth. Growth. Um, it was kind of like last episode where the show acknowledged that Will and Grace's relationship is totally fine. It was Will saying, like, I'm not where I want to be, but it's not because I don't have a romantic partner. Yeah, it's more like that on a personal trajectory... My career doesn't look like what I want it to look like. I'm not the person I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. He like calls himself like just another corporate lawyer with a lot of stuff, and that's mm-hmm. like a very real like like that kind of like I don't know. I'm not a corporate lawyer with mm-hmm. a lot of stuff, but it hit me a little. Yeah, like to imagine like oh shit, like you could wake up one day and be like I hate this person. Yeah, how did I become this person? This is not my beautiful house. This is not my beautiful wife. All I can think of is the SNL performance of that song now. Where it's like weirdly like half a beat slower. Yes. And also none none of them are wearing shoes. Yeah. I don't. Guys, always wear shoes. You should never be on stage without shoes. So many things you could step on. 
you could get Mirtha. When I ASM'd over the fall, like, I picked up a screw every single day. Even after they stopped working on the show. Why were they selling screws? I don't know. Where were they coming from? I don't know, Tess. I deeply don't know. Like, sometimes I would pick up screws in places that I had picked up screws before and was like, oh, it's clean of screws. Like, where are they coming from? <laughs> this haunts me. This still haunts me, Tess. Maybe it's sort of like when you try to throw out a Ouija board and it comes back. It's kind of like that, yeah. It's sort of like you pick up the screws and you find the same screws the same day. What I'm getting at is that you're describing, like, college theater gothic. Like, yeah. <laughs> you picked up the screw. There was always a screw. College tomorrow, horror story. Tomorrow there will be a screw. Yeah, it's, it's deeply disturbing. But now we're not allowed to go into public buildings anymore, so it's fine. Yeah, why The screws gonna... will just multiply. Do you think that part of the reason we're all so freaked out is because everything is becoming a liminal space now? Yes. Everything and nothing is a liminal space. The limit does not exist. How fucking gross. We're really far afield, guys. I'm so sorry. We gotta get way back. We gotta get back. So, anyways, uh, one thing I wanted to say about this Will writing plotline mm-hmm. Is that I was um, I was interested to see how it tied into the revival plot that we get. Um, I think it was like mi- the middle season of the revival, where um, we have a conversation with Will and Grace about a letter that he had written Grace after mm-hmm. he'd come out, but before they kind of reconciled. Yeah. Um, and I kind of found myself a little bit curious about this Will that he wrote and where that slots into that timeline. Mm-hmm. Um, we know he's in law school when he wrote it, so we can probably assume that since he left everything to Grace, they were probably okay by that point. Mm-hmm. But they may not have been like Will and Grace yet. They might have just been friends. And so it's, it's very interesting when we consider like um, his mental state, the, the concerns that he had about um, thinking about suicide in that moment, mm-hmm. and like what... What the, like, more real and difficult implications of him writing this will looked like? Because, really, a law student, he's, what, 25? Like, mm-hmm. well, it's, I, it's unusual. I interpreted it as certainly writing a will at age 25 is certainly something that Will Trim would do. Yes, true. It's very in character. It's also something that he might have just done because, like, when you're in law school, you learn how to write wills. And you're like, I'm a lawyer. I can write my own will now. Like... So I think that was kind of balancing, like, the, the character-driven choice versus, like, the comedy of the situation. Yeah. Um, but I think on top of that, I think when you're talking about that with, like, the mental health line, like, there is a very real degree to which it is significant that Will chose at this point in his life to write a Will and at all and leave everything to Grace. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it, it speaks to their friendship, but I think it also speaks to the fact that Will is, like... I don't know. I don't know how I don't know how to describe it. It's like not actually kind of metal, but like Will is always the one who's like thinking more realistically about the future and like wanting to make romantic gestures. And certainly it's not a romantic gesture, mm-hmm. but there's something to like taking the time to write out a will that is very final mm-hmm. in a way that speaks to his character, I think. Yeah, like he's basically got a legal document that essentially states all my shit goes to Grace because mm-hmm. she's the most important person in my life. Mm-hmm. Which is, like, that's really sweet in, like, a very, very sad sort of way. But it also makes me sad for 25-year-old Will because mm-hmm. I think about, like, what the fuck must this relationship with his parents have looked like that he didn't give 
anything to them. Not that they need it, but... Hey, his mother has always kept his secrets. After all, he told her he was gay, and she's never told anyone since. That is... We don't have time to unpack all that. <laughs> but I think, like, like, you and I were talking about this, like, neither of us have a will, because we're not made of money. Yeah. But, I mean, if we did have a will, we'd probably do the same thing. Yes, I mean, I probably only have about $1,400 that I can leave to you right now. <laughs> sure. Um, but I would leave it to you. But, I mean, like, we were talking, like, I'm your benefit on your life insurance policy. Yes. You used to be my only beneficiary on mine. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, sorry, yours is split with my parents. That's that's fine, whatever. You still get half. That's, you know, half of $1,400. That's, hey, no, no, no. That's that'll my, pay rent for a month. That's my life insurance policy. Oh, good. My life insurance policy is $75,000. Oh, thank God. That'll help. That'll pay rent a lot more than one month. <laughs> Not in this apartment, though. Yeah, I would immediately have to leave. after the opulent funeral I demanded for <laughs> me. Nope, just shoving your body. Opulent! Right into the Delaware River. You That's all you get. own everything! Be nice or I'll do it from the highway. That sounds fine. Honestly, just like just I'm driving down the highway and I open the trunk and you just kind of flop out. Let me just like quickly leave a verbal will. If I drop dead tomorrow, I am fine with you throwing my body in the Delaware River. Also, if Tess drops dead tomorrow, I didn't do it. Now they all think you did. <laughs> now they all think you did it. You just basically confessed. What is wrong with you, Tess? You're gonna have to like send a selfie to all of our friends tomorrow <laughs> on the internet so that they know that you're alive and they'll no. wait till next week. This isn't like Weekend at Bernie's. I don't have time for that. I mean, I'm leaving the country at this point while I still can. Also, I mean, you could just post an old selfie from my account. Why are you doing this? Just... Why are you like this? <laughs> I'm just trying to help you get away with my murder, okay? I'm trying to, like, reverse Gone Girl you. Wow. Listeners, this is what I'm <laughs> in the apartment with. It's just me and Tess and the cat. We didn't even talk about the biggest development of this episode yet. Oh, yeah, we did. We should do that. It's it's moderately big. Yeah. Uh, so at the end of the episode, Will and Grace, first of all, they almost get run over by a bus, which is funny. Yes. But after that, it seems to be the same day for some reason. Yeah. They're back at the office and Grace is like, oh, well, let's go get lunch because we almost died earlier slash yesterday, probably. And they've also updated their wills. Yes. They've updated their wills. So it's. Clearly time has passed, but also we're pretending no time has passed, you know. As we do, because it's a sitcom. Sure. And Will's like, great. Uh, after I updated my will, I quit my job. Yep. But first he lets Grace kind of like have this long moment where she goes on and on and on about she's making some changes and those changes mm. are to buy herself stuff. She's giving herself gifts. She's giving herself gifts. And Will's like, cool, I quit my job. And then she's like, oh, well, how, what? And that's it. That's the end of the episode. Mm. That's the whole thing. And it's, it's kind of smart. I mean, I feel like Will in the revival has quit his job way more times, so it has less meaning for me. Mm-hmm. But I think this is the first time we've seen him do that here because he has his own law firm for some reason, mm-hmm. even though he's clearly in his early 30s and based on the timeline of the revival in his late 20s. <laughs> um, but then he gets hired at the firm he's worked at for several years now. Yeah, and he's worked there for the majority of the show by this point. Yeah. Um, so yeah, him up and quitting is kind of a big deal. You make a good point that on the revival he quits his job like every two weeks. Yeah. He's had several careers. He was briefly working with Grace, but that, that like never materialized. Yeah. There was some whole thing where Schmidt from New Girl was part of an episode. Oh yeah, I forgot about him. And that was clearly like a setup, or maybe it wasn't. I don't know. He never came back, so whatever. <laughs> um, I don't know. But so it doesn't really have quite the same punch in the revival, but here it, it does have a punch because he's been at this 
job for like five seasons now. Like that's well, and he just made partner, so it's actually a really awful time to quit. Yeah, he's stupid. Um, because like that's like what you want. Because when you're partner, you take less cases. You're really like managing the firm on a totally different level. Yep. Um, if that's not what you want, that's one thing. But like to just up and quit out of nowhere is very unusual. Mm-hmm. Definitely gonna hurt his chances of getting a job in the legal field, which we may or may not see because it's a TV show. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, we'll see what happens. We only got two episodes left this season, friend. I mean, honestly, with the way this show goes, I could see him being back to work at the same firm by the end of the season. Who knows? You know. He can get out a real estate contract so easy on this job. You could probably unquit. Yeah. Elijah. No. Don't do that. Hey. Hey. Stop it. There must be water on that. That was weird. Sorry, everyone. That was our cat trying to lick the recycling. <laughs> Such a weird ASMR video. Just the cat, like. <laughs> okay, uh... Matthew. Um, I think that's all we've got this week. Do you want to tell people where they can find us on the internet since we can't find anywhere anywhere else anymore? Yeah, that sounds great. Uh, so if you want to find us on the internet, which is where we live now. Everyone lives there. Everyone lives on the internet. Uh, you can find us on our Twitter page at Not a Couple Show. You can send us an email at notacouplepodcast at gmail.com or send us a Facebook note or a Tumblr ask. Those are also great options. And if you're telling your friends where to find us on the internet, our address where we host the podcasts can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and Podbean. Hooray! Well, thanks for listening to us, everyone. Um... We'll be back next week, and I think the week following, I think we decided not to do the finale as a double, and maybe we didn't. I have no idea what we decided. Well, come back next week, and it'll either be a totally normal episode, or it'll be a double size episode, and you have no way of knowing. It'll be a surprise, much like your life now. <laughs> uh, I don't think there's an episode of Will and Grace in the next couple of weeks, but we'll be back live blogging that once it returns, as we lead up to the finale. Yeah. So, stay tuned for that. Alright, um, stay safe, friends. Wash your hands. Don't cough on people. Not even a cat. We love you. Goodbye. I'm Tess. I'm Matthew. And this has been Not a Couple. Bye-bye. This week's episode of Not a Couple was recorded in front of a live studio. This week's episode of Not a Couple was not sponsored by Blue Cut Jeans. Blue Cut Jeans are prime against men. Violet, the Geneva Convention. Blue cut jeans are ugly. That was great. So happy for you.